0: Inside Sources, Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your host, Greg Scordis, filling in today. We uh, addressed at the uh, last segment a lawsuit that was recently filed in Cache County, First District Court, in the Logan area by a student uh, who attended one of the high schools there in Logan. I don't know that the name of the high school is necessarily important. Um, but, uh, the high school was the high school athletic association has been sued. The cash County school board has been sued. Um, the cash County school district has been sued. Interestingly, uh, none of the coaches have been sued, but it, the, the essence of the lawsuit and I've, and I've got the lawsuit here and I have read it over pretty closely is that this young man was, um, in football practice at Ridgeline High School back in October of 2017. He was a senior at the time and he was in a practice. And during that practice, he suffered a helmet-to-helmet hit with another teammate and he got kind of goofy, so to speak. And he went to his coach. He was a, a position coach. The kid must have been a defensive lineman because he went to the defensive line coach and said that he thought he'd had a concussion. And interestingly, problematically, I guess, the coach said to just man up and quit being weak and get back out there. Those weren't the exact words, but I'm <laughs> trying to be nice. Um, and he did. And a couple of weeks later, it continued to get worse. And ultimately, he was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. He was a straight-A student before this happened, and who knows what kind of other grief that he's had. We're joined this afternoon by a friend of mine, a woman that I've known for a long, long time, <laughs> Amy Donaldson.
1: Don't reveal our age.
0: Writer and and uh, one of the one of the. People that's been involved with our high school athlete, athletics for a long time covered high school athletics, and I assume you still cover that quite a bit. But you were the you were the go to person on high school football for years and years in this state, as I recall.
1: Uh, yeah, the whole time your son was playing, right? That's right. That's yeah. right.
0: Luckily, knock on wood, never suffered a traumatic brain injury. He's now a doctor dealing with people with the same issues. But, but Amy, uh, we don't we don't do these sort of in a vacuum. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: t- tell our listeners what coaches are taught or what the what the district and the and the Utah High School Athletic Association expects of coaches and when they deal with these injuries
1: Well so I think the expectation so for for the last 2 years that that year 2017 is the first year that UHSAA had a um a statewide system that was supposed to manage at least the training and the information. Right. So it's been required longer than that. Um, you're going to have an athletic trainer on in the next segment uh, who's probably going to give you some really good history of how this has come about. Because while people have been aware of concussions and the issue of concussions, and it's not – in the high schools, it's not – that that's, football is not even the highest – the sport with the highest rate of concussions for, for high school athletes. Um, it's actually girls' soccer and cheerleading, which is a non-sanctioned sport. Um, so, um, Which is what my other kid did. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> yeah. and I realized that at the time that they were doing
0: some of the you, craziest sports you, three, you could do. You had
1: three kids and they all did. They had a, you had a soccer player, a cheerleader, and a football player. Right, right. So <laughs> you got them covered. Right. Um, But I think um, what was important in, in 2017 – Uh, the state school board and the UHSA joined together and said, okay, we want to make this a requirement. It's a state ride. Every school has to do this. And they laid out some requirements for coaches. I think at the time there were like five requirements. Now there are eight requirements. One of those is concussion training, and it's a video that you watch that teaches you about signs and symptoms and and what you do if a kid has concussion symptoms. Um, I think the thing that is interesting about football is that there is a culture – that rewards you for playing through pain. That's right. And so it's more difficult. If you're a cheerleader, I I, I mean, I just talked to a a women's basketball coach a couple weeks ago, and he's already had three players. They haven't even gotten into the season yet that have been dealing with concussions. So um, it's a common issue, um, but I think other sports don't have this sort of – you know, this badge of honor, if you play with pain or you play through pain. Um, and that's what football has kind of been grappling with. Like, how do we deal with a very serious issue um, and and have guys come to us and say, I don't feel right, or be honest about concussion symptoms? Um, that's more likely the problem is that a kid has a concussion and a, a coach goes to him and the kid lies about the symptoms, right? No, I'm fine, coach. I'm fine. Just let me play. Um, but in this case, you had the opposite, and I think you had some old school thinking there, just play through it. And what ends up happening is um, the, the, at least he alleges in his lawsuit that he now has a traumatic brain injury and spent months in the hospital. and, and will probably have lifelong impacts uh, from having um, a multiple because you're most susceptible to long-term damage if you suffer another head injury when you're still recovering from that first one. Um, so 2017 is the first year that they had this statewide requirement. Um, while UHSA maintains the database, it's actually up to the individual school or the individual district to um, verify whether or not the training has been completed.
0: You, you told me something very interesting before the show started um, because we were trying to decide why it is. And apparently the central the Center for Disease Control has made a study that said that the, the incident of, of concussion among high school football players is actually greater, almost twice as as high mm-hmm. as it is for college, and I thought uh, that would be based on the, the the equipment that these college kids are wearing these eight hundred dollar helmets, mm-hmm. and the high school kids are wearing ten year old helmets that probably cost two hundred dollars at the time. But you corrected me on that.
1: Well, actually, they're required by a lot to rotate them out, so nobody's wearing a ten year old helmet. Oh, okay. Unless they're going to get they sued. look they look yeah. old. Some of them, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I've had parents show me a lineman's helmet after one game. And you would think it was 10 years old. So that's how, it's technique, it's coaching. So I learned this in 20 years of covering high school sports. Some kids have amazing coaches who are up to date on the latest techniques and and very proactive and professional in what they do. Other kids get the guy down the street who thinks he knows everything and is not a great leader, coach, or technician. So uh, I see it now. I see a lot of... High school coaches, especially like on your offensive line and, and defensive coaches, coaching technique at a younger and younger age. But, um, you know, that wasn't always the case. And some a lot of coaches, I don't know that they would know good technique to teach. So I think it's more technique. It would be interesting to look at that study and kind of delve into it. But I don't think it's as much equipment as it is technique and that high school kids uh, have – you have such a huge – swath of training and professionalism among high school coaches, that's why you see double the number of of concussions.
0: You know, and and it was a study that it looks like it was based on something that the National Football League funded, but it seems to be systemic from Little League to to pro league and you said something that I've been sort of conscious of just watching football. And now we're starting to, to flag players for head to head contact. We're starting to eject players. I think we just you ejected some, mm-hmm. yeah, targeting some guy was just ejected for the rest of the year for doing that. Is, is that something that we're, we're also conscious of? Like you say, coaching the, the manner of, of, Attacking tackling a person, of attacking a person, of making sure that we're not doing that head first? Is that something coaches are now being taught to coach? Or is it something we've sh- always done, we just haven't done it very well?
1: No, I think coaches have been cognizant of that issue of leading with your head uh, when you're tackling or specifically trying to you know, put your head into somebody. Now, some of the techniques that are causing concussions, my husband played football a few years ago, yeah, you know, a few decades ago. Uh, they were taught. And he's a brilliant lawyer now, yeah. so he didn't they get were, too messed luckily, up. Luckily, he wasn't big enough to to go on past high school, so that probably saved his brain, because yeah. he would have been one of the kids who would have done whatever it took. Um, but but they were actually taught to do it the wrong way. So I think you know everyone's learned, and this has not been the last. This is this has been something I've been writing about concussions for almost as long as I've been covering high school sports, twenty years. Um, people have been aware of the issues and, and been trying to change the techniques and coaches have been trying to, you know, perfect those. Um, but you still have coaches that don't know how to teach that or that don't think that is the most important thing. Or like I said, they wouldn't know good technique if it hit him in the back.
0: Amy, if you had, uh, you don't have to answer this if it makes you uncomfortable, but if you had a 12 year old boy right now mm-hmm. who said, mom, I want to sign up for little league football. I want to do full contact. None of this flag stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you encourage it? Would you discourage it? Or would you say, "Not in a million years"?
1: I
2: would. I because
0: it it is a fun sport. I mean, we used to go every Friday night and watch that kid play, mm-hmm. and it was it was the and the daughter was a cheerleader, and it was just so exciting. Yeah. But Friday night football is a community event all over the state.
1: Yeah, and I have a nephew who who did just that. Who loved football. He'd love to go to work with me so he could see the football players. And I encourage him to play. I think it is an amazing team sport. It is. There's nothing else like it where you're asked to sacrifice yourself for someone else's success. There's nothing else like it that teaches teamwork. Um, but that being said, I would definitely make sure he had a good coach because I think it boils down to having. And the other thing I would make sure, and you're going to probably go into this in your next segment, um, I would make sure that there is a. a High, the, an athletic trainer who works at the school, qualified, not just a, uh, a trainer. Like, there's a specific amount of schooling that goes into being an athletic trainer. And I would have make sure my kid had access to a coaching staff that taught good technique, that, that also taught good leadership skills because there's all a lot of – but that's why I think this idea of not being able to find the right fit for your kid is a problem because there are bad coaches. And they're not just bad in that they won't play your kid – they are they are not they're going to get your kid hurt that's how bad they are right or they're going to get your kid bullied so there are things that high schools still need to work out and some of that boils down to resources and a lot of small rural schools don't have athletic trainers there are some urban schools that cannot afford athletic trainers that should be a legal requirement at every high school that plays sports
0: and as much as you cringe when you see these these lawsuits and and I'm not encouraging them by any means but it might encourage coaches to say, whoa, I don't want to be the next person that causes a lawsuit to be filed. Uh, We're going to come back. We're going to talk about this a little more after the break. Please stay tuned.
1: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
0: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: I'm Becky Bruce, I spent a year working on "Hope in Darkness," which now has more than two million downloads. Find it on KSLPodcasts.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Inside sources. Inside sources. On KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Sources. I'm Greg Scordis, and for the time being, I'm joined by Amy Donaldson. I wish you could stay all day. Uh, you and I did a show together a month ago, and it was just—it's really blast. fun. Yeah, I love it, doing it's, it. It's easier when you have a co-host. Um, We—I'm not no pressure. You're probably in the middle of some story that you're doing otherwise. But uh, <laughs> we do invite your your text to the Utah Community Credit Union uh, hotline five seven five zero zero text line, or call us at eight zero one five seven five seven six six eight. Amy, we were talking at the last break, about concussion syndrome, about how we're dealing with that. Uh, and you talked, you went into quite a bit of detail in what um, high school coaches are taught, or what they're supposed to be taught, and what how they're trained. We're joined right now by Lisa Walker, a, an athletic trainer uh, from Springville High School. Um, Lisa, I don't know if you were able to hear the last segment uh, when Amy described that, but can you just describe to our audience, if you would, what level of Of training coaches especially football coaches but maybe all coaches are required to undergo now
2: okay yeah so I was not able to hear the last segment I was actually in teaching class (laughs) Um, so that's better by the way okay Um, it is a requirement statewide that all coaches not just head coaches but all coaches um, receive training uh, relevant to concussion. And this training has to be done every year. Um, so how it is done is typically through an online um, video, that they have to kind of take this online course. It requires you to answer questions and and pass it. Um, so it's the same for all. Uh, in addition to that, if there happens to be a medical provider on campus, for instance on my campus, um, I have one-on-one conversations with my different coaching staff just to make sure that we have any questions or anything um, that they truly understand what the protocol is.
0: So, so tell our audience, Lisa, what level of training an athletic trainer or athletic uh, uh, medical yes, provider like yourself person. would be required to take. What, do, what, what is your okay. level of training?
2: Okay, so um, first off, um, athletic training is a uh, college degree, Um, and so we go pretty in-depth into the different things, concussion being one of them. Um, In fact, the majority of the concussion research is done by athletic trainers. Um, So we recognize signs, symptoms. We are Um, legally allowed and qualified to diagnose a concussion as well as follow the athlete through return to play. Return to play, um, there's gold standard return to play. Uh, It's manipulated about every three years uh, through some international conferences um, that occur, um, just giving us the latest, greatest, and what they've found out and what we need to do to make some changes. So athletic training, um, evaluation, management, diagnosis is much more in-depth. Our coaches really are trained to identify signs and symptoms, immediately pull them from play and withhold them until they have been evaluated um, by a licensed healthcare professional. The interesting part is it's a licensed healthcare professional specifically trained in concussion, it's in their scope of practice, and that training must have occurred within the last three years. So it's not just anybody who, you know, holds uh, a degree or a license in medicine, that training, concussion-specific, must be in the last three years.
1: So, Lisa, you and I have talked about this, but it's not required for every high school to have an athletic trainer on staff,
2: right? That's correct.
1: Is it required Um, that they have them at sporting events?
2: It is not. There is no requirement for medical care uh, to be available or present for our children.
1: And that's it's something you've, you've worked to try to change that, but that's not changed yet, right?
2: Uh, correct. Uh, yeah, I've, I've worked many, many, many years, the majority of my career, um, trying to bring it about um, because it's just, it's just not fair to the kids to not put a priority in having availability of a medical source. It, it's mandated in college, and you're talking about, you know, adults, and it is mandated in the pros. And again, we're talking about professional adults, but our children, there is no, there is no mandate.
1: And we, Greg had mentioned earlier um, a study that uh, showed that high school uh, athletes were twice as likely as professional players in football to get concussions. He was thinking maybe it would be attributable to better equipment. I was thinking it was attributable to not as great coaching. The coaching standards were a little different in high school versus pros. Um, what, what do you have an assessment on that? Would it have something to do with sort of a lack of medical? care or medical
2: training Uh, i don't think it's the medical care or the medical training that's lacking Uh, i think our children we know that our children are 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 at a higher risk Uh, one they're still developing so the the immaturity of the of the brain of the structure Um, another thing is the lack of strength that goes along with it so there's much more whipping of the head uh, in many different instances which causes that brain to shake which disrupts those brain cells uh, so that alone sets our kids up. And then you have a lack of skill. And then if you'll just, just for a minute just imagine the difference in the size of the kids uh, that play because, you know, you may have a 15-year-old and you may have an 18-year-old. Uh, maybe you got a 125-pound 15-year-old and you got a, you know, 290 or 320-pound uh, individual going against them. So uh, size, you know, size, strength, skill. Uh, not to mention just the immaturity, um, you know, based off of the fact that they're still growing. So there's a lot there's a, there's a lot of factors involved with the kids. Um, you know, some will attribute it to well, maybe the kids are are more honest, and maybe the pros are hiding it, which that's that's partially true. But I but I just think you have to look at the absolutes. Um, you know, minus those factors that can be that can be manipulated.
0: We're joined this afternoon by Lisa Walker. Athletic Trainer for Springville High School. Lisa, I'm looking at the Utah High School Athletic Association Sports Concussion Management Policy, which was first enacted in uh, 2011, and Amy said it's been revised quite a bit as recently as 2017. Requires coaches, staff, and athletic trainers to review concussion policy, to review a video, uh, that they're to undergo um, ongoing training, uh, in in subsequent years, uh, review an online course. There's also the Utah High School Athletic Association Sport Concussion Management Policy that sort of deals with how uh, athletic coaches and trainers such as yourself are to treat these individuals once they come to them with these concussion syndromes. In your experience, and this has been in effect now for eight years, but maybe updated within the last two years, are, are we making a difference? Is this going somewhere?
2: I, I do. I, I see a huge difference um, when we first enacted it. So uh, what we did originally was, uh, I mean, we knew it was bad. We knew that we needed to do something. And so we set out to um, uh, put down a policy that would match, you know, not just nationally, but internationally, uh, what's being done, what's in their best interest. So we kind of took those models um, the updates that come are as a result of these every three year conferences that I was talking about where we make slight changes in um, mostly in return to play what we what we can have them do along the way before we uh, decide they're completely cleared and from their concussion and safe to actually return so I do I, I've seen a huge huge difference um, you know we're never going to be a hundred percent but we're so much better off than we were, you know, back in 2010. Uh, There was quite a bit of resistance early on, and I I don't really feel like we have that resistance now, Um, but it does require attention to keeping on top of it. I mean, you have to, and coaches are a revolving door. So you've there's even a system to, you know, monitor how, you know, that the coaches are staying on top of it. So um, much better today than it was before. I can tell you that uh, there's a way to find out if your school has an athletic trainer or not, your high school, and it is on that website. Um, You can go in and look at all the schools, and uh, there's a link where the athletic trainer should put contact information.
0: Good. Thank you, Lisa. That was very kind to spend some time with us today. And I think that I learned a couple of things today that give me some optimism because I loved high school football. One was from you, Amy, where you said... That you would encourage that—that that it's such a—it's such a team-building sport. You would encourage some a loved one to to participate. And the other was from Lisa Walker, who we were just joined with, the athletic uh, trainer for Springville High School, who said that the the programs, the concussion protocols, and the things that we have implemented have made a difference. So we're not here to say, don't sign your kid up for high school football. We're just saying be careful, watch them closely, make sure your coaches are trained and that your school has a good athletic trainer and they follow this concussion protocol. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about Utah's homeless problem, uh, the homeless shelters, and the fact that they may have been set up pretty recently, but they're already full. Stay with us.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs>